0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the TFC audio project. I want to start by apologizing for the poor audio quality in episodes 10 and 11. Bit of a bonehead move by me using the wrong settings on our audio interface, but we got it sorted out now so it shouldn't happen again. I also want to let everyone know that we're working hard to get better at this whole podcasting thing, trying to avoid swearing, get rid of annoying habits that I realized we were doing like saying um, again, like way too much, um, and also talking too fast sometimes. So we're going to work on that. Uh, I hate listening to myself, but I think it's needed to be self-critical and prove, so um, thanks for being patient, and we promise to be better. With that said, in this episode of Shop Talk, Mike and I talk about the dangers and benefits of technology. We talk about what the word technology means to us, we talk about health tech, the internet, social media, our addiction to tech through dopamine pathways, and we also talk about how the technologies of footwear, vehicles, and furniture have changed the modern human for better or for worse. This episode of The Audio Project is sponsored by TFC Toe Spreaders. They're small, simple, inexpensive pieces of silicone that help spread out your toes and offset the effects of a lifetime spent in shoes that squish your foot together. At rest, your toes shouldn't be touching, and if they can't splay out and spread apart from each other, you can definitely benefit from using spreaders um, to improve your foot function, to improve your balance, and even help restore toe alignment uh, to combat issues like bunions. Check out tfc-shop.com for more info on those. This episode is also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear for our seminars and workshops. They make super high quality cases that can keep your electronics safe during travel, and you can check out their cases at nanuk.com, nanook.com. That's it for sponsors. Let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hey everyone, Nick and Mike here. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. Today's topic, um, we spoke about it last night, it kind of came about pretty uh, pretty quick, but um, now that we've kind of unpacked it, I think it's going to be a great episode. And what we're going to talk about today is technology as a double-edged sword and talk about how technology can um, be used for the benefit or the detriment of our health so i think um before we get into it probably a good place to start is even defining technology because i looked up a couple definitions of technology it's very um technology is a really broad term right Mm -hmm. but i looked up this morning and i got two definitions one of them was you know a fairly simple one it said the development and use of basic tools all the way up to electricity, vehicles, and the internet. So the development of basic tools. And I think, I looked at that and I was like, that doesn't really do it justice. So I found a second definition um, by an American sociologist, Reed Bain. And it said, technology includes all tools, machines, utensils, weapons, instruments, housing, clothing, communicating, and transporting devices, and the skills by which we produce and use them. So I think that's a much more, and that was from 1937. So that's a pretty damn comprehensive definition and i think that encapsulates a lot more especially the you know clothing communicating transporting because i think that's really where a lot of stuff is relevant for us today
1: so that i think the 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 same thing was said in both of them that it's about tools so Mm -hmm. which is interesting because if you think about homo sapiens were compared to other species of animals that's really what initially defined us as well like being able to now there's other Uh, primates who are starting to use tools as well that's always a bit Um, freaky
0: when you see a monkey using a tool like in the you know obviously a tool i remember seeing um in that geo thing where it was a monkey putting a stick in a in a in an anthill and they were like oh my they were like monkeys are starting to use tools and i look at that i'm like okay but then when you see a monkey smashing something with a rock to open it mm -hmm. or like using tools in a more advanced way you're like wow this makes the connection of seeing a primate and And like relating to it much deeper. It's very interesting. For sure.
1: And that's like a very rudimentary example, but I guess like. If you look back at that, that's kind of where it started. And then mm-hmm. something like, for instance, a bow and arrow is incredibly technological. When you think about making something that you can wind up and True. fire projectiles at other things yeah. in order for hunting means like it's, that's pretty crazy in the grand scheme of things. If you compare ourselves to other species of animals, but then it seems like and <laughs> now look of, what we do, <laughs> well, then, then there's like the development of like, you know, gunpowder and everything else, but and other, other areas of technology, but it's just kind of. I think that's a big, it's like deeply, deeply ingrained into like Homo sapiens is just technological advancements and like that, that hunger to keep advancing technology. But I think, yeah, like you say, it's gone, it's gone digital, it's gone in so many other areas where it's... Well, well now
0: it seems like our, you know, clearly our biology is not built for these technologies, right? Our biology Mm -hmm. is built on the same foundation uh, in terms of the hardware that we have from thousands of years ago, which even thousands of years ago is just a blip, right? It's not very long. So the fact then, that in the past 100 years, you've developed the internet, you've got cell phones, you have radio, you have these mass communication devices, um, I don't think our biology is ready for
1: it. You said hardware, also software. Also right. software, you Our minds right. are just like, yeah. whoa, what is this? So I think we'll, we'll probably touch on, on both of those quite a bit, both the hardware and the software, like your physical... Body Mm -hmm. and also your your psychology, your mental your mental health, and all these things, and how how technology can either affect them for the better or the worse. Yeah, so let's depending how you use it. Let's even go through a bit of a roadmap. So the
0: the underlying theme today is technology is a double edged sword, and we're going to discuss some major technologies. So we're going to start with um, discussing health tech like uh, bio tracking and Fitbits and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk about the internet, social media, furniture, footwear. Uh, And vehicles, and we're going to go through each of those and kind of unpack them a little bit, and talk about how they can be used for, uh, for your benefit or to your detriment. And I think a big theme with all this is that it's not about choosing a camp, right? It doesn't matter if you're, you know, saying you're for or against technology is a bit silly. Technology is here, it's coming, it's going to be more advanced. So it's not about, you know, withdrawing yourself from it. It's more about understanding it, being aware of it, and Kind of taking a third-person view and seeing is this technology being used for for good or bad in terms of my health, um, and also just empowering people to be in the driver's seat of technology. Like, don't be a passenger and just be being just be controlled by technology. Acknowledge its use, use it in a way that's healthy. Um, because social media is a good example. We'll get into that one later. But some people use it for benefit. Some people are literally controlled by it and are addicted to it. And I think it's very important not to say, "Well, I don't want it whatsoever." Although if you have the inability to control your use of it, maybe that's the solution. But Mm -hmm. I think we just have to understand the role that they're playing because superficially, when you're in it, you don't really see it. No, exactly. Um, So let's talk about, let's start with health tech. So with like all these health bio trackers, sleep trackers, heart rate trackers, all that kind of stuff, um, you made a good point before that the more we're technologically tracking our bodies, the
1: less we're attuned to, to actually feeling our body. Exactly. So we're able to track and we're able to pick up all this info from our bodies now um, from these devices, which, you know, if you, if you looked at it from the outside, it's like, oh, that's great. right? Mm-hmm. I can see how many steps I took in the day. Yeah, uh, I can see all these other things. Um, calories and that, burnt. In that respect, it's good. You but, know, for
0: because some people they need to be able to quantify things, right? It's yeah. like how much walking am I doing? Well, I don't know. I think or do I wa- you need to quantify that.
1: It depends. Or do you? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because we're losing touch with the our, how our actual bodies uh, function and the, and the info that our actual bodies send us. So so there, there's these natural things in our bodies um, that can give us these actual signals in in the same way that these things are giving us but we just if we listen to them less and less mm-hmm. we rely on these other things more and more so it's like oh shit i did my th- my thing was out of batteries today what, what does that mean it's like yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. well your your body can tell you the same exact things exactly and we're tricked into thinking that we need these gadgets gadgets technological solutions um for health wellness happiness all these other things but in reality it's just like what does your body need from uh from a feel level, it's called interoception. Can you feel what's going on inside your body? Mm-hmm. Oh, does it feel like I need to drink water? Does it feel like I need to eat right now? Mm-hmm. Like even something as simple as that, like I'm, I'm hungry, I should probably eat, or I'm not hungry, I should probably not eat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, versus we'll lose tracking touch with all that. these calories on the things. Yeah. Like It's just super, super weird. And I think that it's made it so complex for people that people think that they need all of this stuff mm-hmm. and they need the newest, latest gadgets in order to keep themselves healthy. But... Like said, it's just complexity for profit, but but also complexity for complexity, I think.
0: Yeah, like meaningless. Compl- it doesn't need to be there, some of no. these things. And actually, I have a good analogy for, for that. Or not analogy, but like just a little story. I had a patient the other day, and she has uh, her Fitbit step tracker. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I always try and get 10,000 steps a day. And I, I kind of like play devil's advocate. I'm like, well, yes, that's important because you're tracking your movement, but... Maybe you should just try and walk and move as much as you can. Like, maybe you should just try and engineer your work environment or your day-to-day life so that it's movement-centric. Because the 10,000 steps is a good way to quantify it. But And then she's like, she went into this thing. She's like, oh, yeah, yesterday I didn't get my 10,000 steps. Like, I was really, really concerned. I was like, whoa, you just got anxiety created by the fact that you didn't get some random arbitrary metric that, you know. And I think 10,000 steps is low, right? like how many uh, steps are in a kilometer? I don't know. I probably should have looked that up. But like, we're supposed to walk ten kilometers a day
1: as a human. Wh- who invented ten thousand steps? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like, arbitrary. I actually never thought about that because yeah. it's something that it just gets thrown around so much. You're like, oh yeah, did you get your ten thousand steps? And who the f- who invented ten thousand steps? So, I think that I'm going to look up steps in a kilometer right now because yeah. this is an interesting point. So, um, but the big thing is too like. If you maybe you use it for its purpose, but maybe you don't rely on it after that. So it's like okay, five miles. Five Five miles
0: is ten thousand steps. So okay, so that that's actually more than what I thought it was. But but yeah, it's like this lady has this bio tracking device, which can be used for her benefit. But she wasn't. I feel like she wasn't really. She was also making sure she's like. I just have to get to ten thousand. When she's done ten thousand, she just kind of sits down. It's like well maybe you shouldn't be looking at that as something that limits her. So that was actually limiting her physical activity because once she got to that
1: arbitrary metric, she's like, no, I'm done. I got them. It's or it like, can be pushing you over what your physical capacity is at this moment. So if mm-hmm. you don't go by feel, it's like, should you be walking? What if you're tired that day? It's mm-hmm. like, should you be, or what if you want to explore a city that day and walk 50,000 steps? It's mm-hmm. like, dep- go by feel. Don't go by what your tracking device is telling you. Yeah, I agree. super weird. So the moral of that
0: one with health tech is just, the more we artificially track certain metrics of our body with technology the less we become able to interpret our own bodies like read our own bodies and i think that's um i mean on the other side of that you know i have this apple watch now and i I look at the heart rate tracker sometimes and it's almost like a fun biofeedback game where Mm -hmm. if i'm getting really really revved up i'll try and control my breath and i'll look at the live number of my heart rate and try and use that as a feedback as to whether i'm controlling my heart rate or not so it's same thing there's always a double-edged sword right there's always a good and a bad and it's more about understanding what the good and the bad can be so that you can use it for good and, and avoid it, the bad.
1: You need to link the information that it's giving you to the information that your body is receiving. Mm-hmm. If those two things aren't linked, then you're just getting information or relying on an external device to tell you all this. Mm-hmm. But again, like you just said, if, if you use it and it's like, oh, when I feel this way, when I physically f- get this feeling in my body, it relates to this number on the screen going down. Okay, but remember that feeling. Don't exactly. remember the screen. Exactly. You're so- training
0: the interest reception instead of mm-hmm. just relying on the external metric because
1: then you don't need that screen anymore because what you've learned it internally like yeah. that's the whole point
0: i agree okay um, so next one like the internet this is obviously a super broad one but i think a couple important points come up um we're in the age of information, right? We have information overload. We have unlimited access like we've never, ever had before to as much information as we want on any topic we want. It's very, Mm -hmm. it's super crazy. And we have that in our pocket now. We have a supercomputer. Most of us have a supercomputer in our pocket, Mm -hmm. right? I remember when uh, Antonopoulos, some of his talks, he talks about how like, government big really really smart people in the day said we will only need one computer per country that will be more than enough but <laughs> it's like now every single person has a computer if you live in a mud hut in ethiopia you probably have a computer in your pocket it's a nokia you know that the most produced electronic device in the world billions of them were made that little basic nokia phone mm-hmm. that's a computer that's a more advanced computer than a full story of a building used to be so it's it's so easy to take it for granted how advanced we are but I think with this information overload comes the inability of people to filter through good information, bad information, false information, because that's out there too, right? Like there's it, always going to yeah. be people putting out fake fake stuff in order to make a profit or in order to convince people to their way of thinking. So it's really, it has to turn now to how do we filter all this information? How do we find good resources or or form the ability to logically evaluate information instead of just taking it you know, instead of listening to what Facebook tells you on an ad at face value, you'd be like, hmm, that's maybe not a reputable source of information.
1: No, exactly. So it's like, what do we do with all of this information now? Because we're almost drowning in it. So so how do you not drown in information? Mm -hmm. You need to be good at screening it and vetting it, like you said. Well, the age of information has turned into the age of
0: confusion, right? It really is. Fake news, all this stupid crap that it's like, it's taking away from our proper utility of technology, I think. And it's kind of, a lot of people are lost, I think. Like, even something as simple as diet. Okay, the basics of what you should be putting in your body in order for your body to function optimally, people are so lost. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm in the meat camp where I'm trying the, the carnivore diet's the way to go. No, vegan's the way to go. No, this and that. It's like, it's like, guys,
1: let's, let's just have a conversation and bring it down to basics so that people can understand it, right? And we, it's a weird thing because we have all this scientific information now. Um, so even science is becoming harder and harder to sift through because... You can there's this dichotomy where you can find different things saying different things. Yeah. Like it's just, you, you can have a subject with just split down the middle with half of the study saying one conclusion and half the study saying the other conclusion. So it's like, it is really hard to, to filter and sift all this stuff. But, and one of the things I've been thinking about is, is it like, is it harder than ever to find the truth or is it, is the truth getting closer and closer with all of this mm-hmm. science? It, it, I think it's, it's somehow, that's a hard thing to say it's both, but it, it is really both because yeah. science is giving us all of this. It's spitting out more and more information every every year, right? So every day science is spitting out new information. But but and again, it, it's like... But it,
0: it does. It contributes to this overload where yeah, it's, people it's, are like, it's well, weird. what do I do with all this? And what do I do with all this data? And I think you can... You almost have to find people that have... Find the most honest, unbiased people that have a, a high ability to filter through good and bad information. Or look to people that are doing just like basic principles science and use that as your metric and use that as your filter where it's like, okay, instead of reading 10,000 studies where the data can be construed in whatever way that person wants to swing it, look to someone that is just looking for objective data and see what they find. Or here's one and that's here's on another one. thing. Use yourself as yeah. a way to test your own friggin' data. Because That's your thing. body is different than my body, is different than another person's body. And it doesn't matter what a scientific research paper says about diet and what you should be eating. Test what works for you. Do mm-hmm. an elimination diet. Try different foods. Try and keep a diary of, okay, when I eat this, I feel like crap.
1: When I eat this, I feel good. Hmm. Maybe I should be eating that regardless or of, of for any, any given thing. thing. Exactly. I think the, there's two points that you just touched on is, in order to help deal with this, you need to. I think think the importance of finding people who, who basically can sift through this information very, mm-hmm. very well, and that like are trusted sources of information. It's how really you you um, break down the information, uh, filter it. Mm-hmm. and package it and, and something that is very digestible and sifts out the nonsense that's going to be very like ever more important mm-hmm. so like you for yourself you need to get better at that as an individual sifting mm-hmm. through this information because that's you also- your best defense against false information yeah and then you've also got to find people who in any given category they are filtering this information at a higher level and you trust maybe this handful of people in this category mm-hmm. oh okay they filter information very well so i trust that they can give me good information. And I'm going to also use my sifting skills and critical thinking skills to take the information that they've already sifted to determine if it fits within my, um, you know, framework, framework, right? So yeah. it's both. And you, so you, I think the underlying theme of that is critical, critical thinking, having the mental tools to be able to break down the information appropriately yeah. so you can apply it appropriately because... yeah like self-application and
0: self-evaluation i think you know that's the biggest thing with tfc is we're on team healthy body Mm -hmm. right so it's not about team oh barefoot shoes are best or this kind of shoe is best it's like no let's just take an objective look and see okay what we know that the base premise is that our bodies function best when nothing's on our feet. We know that the best body functions best when we eat food that we were, that our hardware was designed to process and eat based on 5,000 years ago. Like there's certain truths, objective truths that we know if someone says that the foot functions, um, poorly barefoot but better with footwear on that person is misinformed
1: because it's Mm -hmm. just not the truth and i think we have they might have to have some work to do to get to the point where it can function best because oftentimes people's from day one they're they're in a a place where their feet have just been
0: oh yeah i'm not saying everyone should go
1: around barefoot but i I think if you use that as your base
0: premise that is what you're always trying to get closer to then it's just Mm -hmm. a question of how do i get from where i am now to where i should be um but if we don't agree on that base premise that the foot functions best with nothing on top of it it makes for a very confusing conversation, right? Like, you have to agree on these. And we talked about even in the Research and Science podcast where certain base assumptions need to be agreed upon, and you you almost assume that people agree upon them. Like, when you don't use a muscle, a muscle gets weak. When a joint doesn't move, the joint gets stiff. Like, these are base assumptions that if you don't agree with me on that, it's very hard to build a conversation. Like, it's that's the base of the pyramid. If mm-hmm. we don't agree on the base, it's going to be very hard for us to have a constructive conversation and, and try and sift through all of these things and figure out, okay, what is the best way to do something?
1: Well, that's a global, that's a global theme too, is that in any given thing. So in, in terms of health, just because there's not a single study, like you can use deductive reasoning, um, from the base all the way up. And then you can, you can pick, like you, you can find actual, um, studies and and science to actually back it up like even like legit science you can back it up every level Mm -hmm. but but just because you don't have one study showing that whole thing like you can make this you can piece together this global argument that's what i like about it um and but i think people are just too confused about like the fact that there's no one study saying that it it just confuses people it's like, where's the study to show that up? Well, there's no study for all of what we just talked about <laughs> that combines everything. Like, yeah. There's there's hundreds of studies in in many of the things that we've pieced together in this argument, yeah. but there's no one study. Yeah. So that's that's kind of, it's it's tough for, for people to ca- get their head around that. People almost okay. get tunnel vision to like, where's the study? It's like,
0: yeah. well, does this logically make sense? Does this rationally make sense based on how the body works? Yes? Okay. Let's move on to the next point. Does this, do these results apply to you? You know, it's like, deduce it in that way instead of just saying oh where's the one study that writes a conclusion that tells you exactly that it's like well like i think that's a much bigger conversation to be had with Mm -hmm. that person just to to say like okay number one i'm not going to break down an entire scientific study on social media number two one study with one set of results does not confirm or deny a a major point that takes into account multiple variables exactly right so it's like people are almost they use that as a crutch oh where's the study it's like well I don't know if a study's been done on this. Maybe it should, but mm. this is not an easy study to do. No, right? exactly. The human body is a very difficult subject to study because it's so multivariate, and there's so many so many things that can throw a curveball in a study and, and negate the validity of data that's generated. So it's like, let's just take less. Yes, research and science is important. Good science is extremely important, but let's not focus overly focus on that when there's probably like more logical conversations to be had about whether or not this is even a good path to go
1: down now i have a question here do you think people are do you think people will start to wake up more than ever or do you think people will um and just in general do you Mm. think people will start to wake up or do you think um wake up in what what sense in terms of finding the truth about any given thing like Mm. about or do you think that people will continue to get more programmed with things like like AI and and these big corporations knowing you better than than you know yourself? And that's honestly where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of cases, is that the, these like AI technologies can actually pick up subconscious things about you that you don't even realize they're picking up. Mm-hmm. So, do you think people will like? I don't know it's going to be tough do you think we'll be further programmed or wait start waking up to the truth of rea- like reality well, we always make this i remember we've made this joke a few times where
0: like the human race is literally going to fork into um cyborgs and into people that make a conscious decision to remain human in terms of what we're designed to do so like um i don't know i i think we always seem to overshoot we go we there's a certain argument we take it to the extreme we overshoot then we come back then we overshoot then we come back i mean one certainty is that we all know technology is going to continue to progress and continue to progress at an exponential rate so that we don't even know what's going to be around in five years mm-hmm. like you were talking the other day and it was kind of scaring me a little bit about uh, the guy that wrote sapiens and how he was talking about eye tracking and analyzing people with biotech that we don't even know the depth that we can be analyzed at, right? If your pupils dilate when you look at a certain thing and then your phone that can track your facial recognition detects that your pupils dilated when you saw a certain part of the screen and it knows exactly what part of the screen you looked at and a company takes that data and uses it to leverage a product that they can suck
1: you in to be interested in, like that's some scary stuff. Exactly, So once you realize your conscious mind is only in control of, of, and there's different numbers out there, but they're saying like 95% of of it is... Subconscious information that your body is picking up. So, like mm-hmm. you say, like these little things, like eye tracking, where do you look, pupil dilation, blood mm-hmm. pressure, all of these things, the feel inside your your body. So, like you say, like I think, the, are we getting like? Are, are, are I think that it's just going to be inevitable that the if we don't know ourselves mm-hmm. well, then yes, companies gonna are going to know us better than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what that's where these people, these these thinkers are are going with this. Like um, Harari, who, who wrote Sapiens, he's like, basically, it's just, and it, like a lot of people don't know themselves very well to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the big problem is like, if you don't even know yourself to begin with, then you're, you're fighting a losing battle. You have to be ever more conscious and aware and try to figure out your subconscious and try to figure out your way through this thing, um, or else you're going to lose the battle. Or is the battle inevitably going to be lost because of this? Right? Yeah. And I it's think hard. like as physical therapists, we're essentially, I find
0: myself more and more thinking in this framework where we're consultants. We're consulting other humans on the healthy use of technology, right? Yeah. When you tell someone that when you spend all day sitting in a chair, it it makes your hips really stiff. And then and that changes completely the way that you move in a way that's negative, And that's why you have knee pain or back pain. You're essentially acting like a consultant to warn someone against the harms of technology that is furniture or the technology that is footwear or the technology that is um, food that you're not supposed to be eating. So it's almost like we're helping people as physical therapists. We are the bridge between the physical body and then understanding how technology can be used for the negative and helping people understand how to defend against it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think this platform of, Um, Like even this podcast platform, right? Like this is a form of education to spread the truth. And I think all it takes is one honest person to tell a story or put out a news article or or, or good journalism um, about how technology is being used to trick us for that to get out and you know that's where the internet becomes a good thing because everyone on the planet can find out about that silly thing that this company X was doing to trick us into buying their stuff or 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 taking away from our health and then everyone's like oh okay i got to watch out for that and so i think i don't know it's going to be a weird journey of like ups and downs where we're going to get sucked in and then we're going to try and get further away from it because of what that did and and i think we, you know, you just have to have a strong group of people around you that can kind of talk about these things openly exactly. instead of
1: just being entrenched and stuck in the matrix. And you mentioned like physical therapy, so we're warning people of what what these technologies can do to to negatively affect your body. But I think it's also using showing people how to use physical physicality to even out the stress ratio. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I've been thinking about. Is like <clears throat> we we have less and less physical stressors that we need to deal with these days. So, as technology helps everything become easier and more convenient, we no longer have to, you know, for the most part and again, if we we're generalizing more so in the developing world, but but the, everything is everywhere is becoming easier. We don't have to like lift yeah. and carry as much, like we don't have to hunt for our food. Like so many things that we just take for granted and and our body is d- adapted over over hundreds of thousands of years to be able to um perform these physical tasks and it's it's meant for physicality and physical stress and it adapts well to that so i think that as we get less physical stress demands what the shifting over with all of this technology and the internet to psychological emotional mental stress that people are having to deal with because of the lack it's almost because of the lack of physical stress it, it ties in very developing. nicely and it's almost exactly it's very,
0: this is very interesting actually someone i think it was on the rogan podcast the other day someone talked about this but it's almost like the more technologically evolved we become the less the more we physically devolve yes. right and then someone said this the other day and i started laughing because it's like why does every high tech uh why does every alien that you see have this little wienerish body with a huge brain that yeah. is like physically just a, a, a ball of play-doh their body
1: is irrelevant now because they exactly. can do everything with their mind it's like that's almost where we're going to we're, yeah, we're, where machines and technology can do everything physical for us exactly so we don't necessarily Need that, but the problem is that as we're seeing, mental health is becoming harder and harder to navigate for people, and this psychological yeah. stress and this psychological angst that people are facing. And I think that if you use physicality and your physical body mm. to anchor yourself, basically, if you stress your physical body on a regular basis, it really helps with that psychological stress. Hundred percent. It's it's crazy. So I think people need to manufacture physical stress in order to deal with psychological stress yeah you need and to actually implement it into your daily life to in, in order to to deal with it and that's another thing like that's another part of what we do
0: is okay educating people on the use of technology but designing and being an architect of a physical environment that put that forces someone to explore their body right mm-hmm. like when we um have uh, like like last weekend we had that barefoot movement session in the dojo People put their phones away. They don't have their phones. Mm -hmm. They are exploring. We have, you know, we were running through some footwork patterns and some martial arts striking patterns. We were getting people on balance beams, getting people hanging on things. Like, you're literally engineering a physical environment and people love it. People Mm -hmm. smile. People are laughing. People are like almost, they're very entrenched in the present moment and just connecting with their body. And I think that's extremely powerful because it's, you almost don't realize the benefit of that until after you've done it. It's just like... And and what you said is very powerful because I think if you look at this whole like base premise truth, humans are designed for movement. Humans are designed for struggle. You require both of those things to be both physically and mentally healthy. And so mm-hmm. if you remove the fact that, you know, our brains function optimally in terms of, um, you know, mental health, but even just in terms of how we're, you know, how we're firing we function best in a movement environment so if you withdraw that movement environment or you give people the option to use um furniture technology to remove movement right you go into the average office everyone's sitting down yeah. in a chair no one's moving um you clearly uh, your brain doesn't fire it's like putting you know instead of 99 octane fuel in your brain you're putting in the worst
1: type of fuel and you're in you're actually detracting from the ability of your brain to function optimally and and look like look at the, the psychological rewards for physical struggle are deeply ingrained. Yeah. So, so throughout our, all of our history, it was psychologically rewarding and mentally rewarding because if physical struggle usually means getting something done in the environment. It's like going out and hunting, going out and doing something in the environment, accompli- building something, building a shelter. All of these things, these physical struggles, equal psychological ease, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that like that it really kinda of came down to that and that's deeply rooted in everything. But So lack of physicality is psychological dis-ease. Exactly. Right? Which is mental health problems. Exactly.
0: Psychological disease. So I think this actually ties into uh, kind of next good point is is uh social media. Because I think this is an extremely polarizing one. And if you want to talk about a sword with two super, super sharp edges, um, I think this is one of them because it can be used. Like, for example, uh, through TFC, we're using social media to spread what we feel is good foot health advice or good advice on health in general to people, for, you know, taking information from a source, uh, you know, a group of people, a group of physical therapists that see that we should be looking at foot health in a different way and disseminating that information for free to anyone everywhere in on the entire planet right it doesn't matter if you're in peru in south america if you have a phone if you have internet access you can see this information although i would argue if you're in peru you're probably not wearing as shitty a footwear as we do in the western world but you know if you're in london england if you're in australia you can see this information and clearly there's been a following developing because people are hungry for this information for a source of you know information that and this information might change right like what we preached a year ago i think you would agree is very different from what we preach now and that's Hmm. okay we're fine with it because as you get new information you make new opinions you make new hypothesis, you do new experiments to test this stuff on yourself and on with patients and it changes and it's always mm-hmm. going to change because if you're not changing, you're you're getting left behind, especially in an industry like health where things change in a matter of six months. The entire um,
1: foundation of like a certain hypothesis or a certain approach could be put on its head and that's okay. You have well, you if you're to be to accept that. If you're using a scientific approach, like most of science gets proven wrong as time goes on. Like it's yeah. just, that's the that's way science, science works. So it's like, no exactly but so like as you media, say, so that's so sorry to interrupt that's a good side but the negative side is
0: that people are literally ad- like social media hacks are intrinsic dopamine systems for novelty and for social connection and this is i think the vast majority of people are using this in an extremely unhealthy way and it's you know you look at it and you're like man this company is is doing more bad than good but this company is just trying to Trying to find a niche to make profit in this world that we've created, so it's like a very—it's it's very
1: confusing. So yeah, it's—it's. It's, I mean, it's used by companies, it's used by governments, as we're seeing, and and politicians. It's also used by just you know individuals. So I think you got to look at like, you know, at each level, like how is it affecting people? How is it affecting the individual? Right? Mm-hmm. How is it affecting the consumer? How is it affecting all of these things? but i think one of the biggest things is like and it, there's this addiction to to validation that it's creating mm-hmm. because it's like yeah so yeah it's like i want i want validation so i'm going to put stuff out that so that, i want likes that people, validation is likes yeah so so people like how are they responding to me when i put out this and then it's that like oftentimes like that response too you've got to watch out because the response you get from people is going to shape what, how you do things or what you post or, mm-hmm. or all these other things. So it's like you're being hijacked from this validation uh, perspective from people around the world who you probably don't even know who are kind of shaping you, right? So it's like, okay, well, do I want that to shape me or do I want to, uh, you know, shape myself? Do I want to be in control of all this? And I think if people aren't aware, or it's very, very easy to get caught in that because I think everyone has and like you know for i think both of us have gotten caught in that too and i think it's just natural a natural part of using it but you're seeing that this with like again once we talk about the individual level when people are posting pictures of their themselves or you know their bodies or all these things where it's like you know I, d- I just straight up want people to to like me right yeah. and it's like that's what you know humans want people to like them but it's yeah. like now we've created the world as our stage of like i want the world to like me right so <laughs> yeah, it's, uh it's very so weird. it's really weird and it, psychologically that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow um and it can kind of like make or break you if you don't understand what it's doing to you and i think it's um, like even a couple other things so
0: you know, the addiction to novelty and having your focus go one place, then the other place, then the other place. You are talking about this the other day too. It's like we are literally training people to have a very narrow and poor ability to focus on a single task, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're always used to seeing something, ooh, this is cool, ooh, this is cool, ooh, this is cool. You know, you have your phone, you have your computer, you have your TV, everything at once. It's like you have zero ability to zone in and focus on one specific task. Exactly. And the, you know, the time and that you spend... You know, I'll use this for lack of a better example. But the time you spend on a balance beam does not give you the choice, but to focus on one specific thing, which exactly. is why I think a lot of people, you know, some people literally find escape in just doing something that puts them into flow because it disconnects them with technology. It's like it's yeah. like this. Ne- it's like you're reconnecting. You're like, ooh, I can actually do something that makes me. Feel my body and how it's working, and takes away all the other noise that I was getting just like lured into. It's like there's a
1: lasso for all these social media things. And once you escape that, you're like, ooh, this is new. Because, yeah, even going out on like hikes and stuff, you're still taking a lot of information, but mm-hmm. it's different information. Mm-hmm. It's not designed specifically to capture your attention, it's information that we've always taken in. It, it's looking at the environment, trees, you know, it, it animals that are like, it's just na- like natural information, mm. looking broadly out into a landscape and walking through it, hearing the wind, you feeling feel it. Things. You
0: know that that's the information you're supposed to be
1: taking. Yeah. To. It's like, ah, uh, and then you, what you find when you do that on a regular basis is like your vision, your hearing becomes more crisp. Mm-hmm. I go on a, you know, on, on hikes. And if you're looking around and just observing things, you literally feel like you get like, you, like you can see better because mm-hmm. your eyes are focusing on all these different things and all these different areas. And instead of like, I have three screens in front of me. I'm going to look at screen A and then I got to go screen B, screen C, A, B, ooh, what's on screen C? <laughs> like, it's like literally, yeah. that's what we're doing. We're training ourselves to be these, you know, these machines that can't focus anymore. And, and it's like, we're getting better at that. So like, and I forget who was talking about that the other day, but you're building neural connections to be less focused. Like you're getting better at being less focused. Yeah, you're adapting so, to that. Yeah,
0: and I think another one too, like this whole thing about validation and, and searching for likes and and hijacking this biological construct where if I was in a tribe and you showed some sort of uh, validation to me, right? You said you, you said something nice to me or you did something nice for me, that triggered both a dopamine bump to, as a reward chemical to say you should be going out and looking to mm-hmm. make friends and be um, on good terms with people in your tribe. So you get a dopamine bump and you also get an oxytocin bump by a physical mm-hmm. nec- connection with another human. So now what we're getting through the matrix, you're still getting that, ox- oxy- or, um, that dopamine bump, right? So mm-hmm. you're getting that reward pleasure chemical, but you're not getting the oxytocin. So you're 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 almost like screwing and, and uh, doing a weird thing with the way your neurobiology and, and your neurochemistry is hardwired and here's another thing: Say you're used to getting, you're escalating, you're escalating, you're getting uh, five likes, and you're getting ten, then twenty, then a thousand, then a hundred thousand. What if people stop liking your stuff? You need that's to. That's the continue. equivalent. That's the equivalent of you getting alienated from your tribe, which is extremely dangerous you're going to have negative neurochemistry going through your brain you're going to get depressed you're going to get anxious you know and or it's it, the same
1: it, thing as if we really related it to a drug like cocaine it, you're going to need more and more cocaine yeah. to to get the same response and cocaine happens to work on the same dopamine exactly feedla- feedback loops so like, like people don't like to talk about that like no. sugar and
0: social media likes are on par with cocaine yeah. and i think they're being abused Far more broadly and have way deeper consequences because no one's really acknowledging the fact that those are addictive,
1: are are addictive mediums. Um, So, like that's that is like I was thinking about that the other day is that neurochemical loops. Oftentimes, like if we think about what are like I don't know, but what are like the natural neurochemical loops that we're supposed to have in terms of these these substances like flowing around in our brain? But I think that social media is creating these like neurochemical loops that have gone potentially haywire because you, you can get, you can get bumps of these things. Like there's people who check their, their phone hundreds or probably even thousand times, yeah, thousands of times per day. So what is that doing? Like every, it's, it's what is, what, what it is is you're searching for what could be on the other side of, of that. When I click into that app, I see the app right there. When I, when I touch it, what could be on the other side of that? That's the whole thing, right? So. Am I going to see like five likes and some people, new people following me? Mm-hmm. What's on the other side? Ooh. Like, so it's like, That's you, can, pull, you can get addicted to just, because it's always there. So it's like, yeah. I want to check that because there could be a few new likes. So I'm, I'm sure you've gotten roped. I've gotten roped into that tons and tons of times. And oh, I, I realize sure.
0: now, like one of the best things that I did for personal mental health and just like sleep hygiene is never ever take my phone into my bedroom mm-hmm. and i think that was what i was finding myself doing and it's like it's one of these things where it's not bad to be hijacked by technology it's just you have to make sure that you eventually acknowledge it right like i found myself when i was waking up i would look at my phone and i would look for uh, i would look for emails like it wasn't even social it, i started social media i was like i gotta stop opening up instagram when i wake up this is mm-hmm. a terrible i did it like two days in a row and i'm like I think I'm addicted to this. Like I'm literally looking the minute I wake up to try and get rid of the feeling, the shitty feeling of being tired. Some days I would look to social media to give me a dopamine bump to kick off my day. It's like coffee. And once I realized that I was like, wow, I, I am, I'm pretty good at acknowledging things like that when I'm getting addicted to something or, or just looking at analyzing habits. The average person probably does this every day. So by taking oh, my sure. phone and, and this book I'm reading now about habits called Atomic Habits, which I recommend to everyone, it's extremely interesting to see the like deep biology of how habits are formed and how you can um, kind of like hack creating good habits and getting rid of bad habits. But one of the things um, that he said was that your environment and the environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. So it's all well and good to say, okay, my phone's going to be there, but I'm going to not look at this in the morning when I wake up. But it's another thing to actually do that. But if you remove that phone from that environment, you literally take away the the kind of trigger. So when I look at my phone, it's a trigger, it's a cue to signal, like, okay, look at this. But if you remove that from your environment, so so you have to set up your environment. Set up your environment. Yeah. That's the moral story. Set up your environment. You know, whether that means taking your chair out of your office, whether that means taking your phone out of your um, immediate environment for certain periods of the day to go through like this kind of like detox
1: of technology engineer your environment to allow you to meet yeah. your goals exactly set up an environment that's conducive to your your health right and one other thing i want to talk about it before we go on to like you know th- more of that is that is that the neurochemistry behind that social media can also snowball into other areas so so, for instance, and I, I think this is catching people off guard too. So, let's say that so, so neurochemistry doesn't judge. So, if mm-hmm. you if you get a, a big boost of positive neurochemistry from social media, that boost is with you. So, if you're going into a, a meeting or if you're going to a, f- a family dinner or you, this neurochemistry is going to be with you, and it's going to reflect on the way you act in other situations besides. What just happened with social media mm-hmm. right so it can work in reverse too so if you let's say you you post something and you don't get likes and then it negatively affects yes, you you're right then you go into situation abc with family over. friends oh why they were in a bad mood they they snapped on somebody they were just not talking to anybody mm-hmm. um you know and then then they go they they leave there they they get in uh, you know in argument with somebody where is this coming from? They and a lot of people don't know. Yeah. They don't know. Oh, maybe it was it was from that or maybe it wasn't from that, maybe it's from something else. But but again, it's just like that's scary because you can be you can be influenced neurochemically from one thing and then take that into other situations that determine how your day goes or how your week goes or how your month goes, etc. Yeah. So, it's kind of crazy that way because you you're letting this technology and in, in the cyberspace affect you in the in physical space. Mm-hmm. So, you're letting something and i think that's the, that's a big thing like the big overlying concept is if 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 you're letting the digital world uh impact your physical world mm-hmm. without you knowing that's the big thing without you knowing that's the big asterisk it's like that acknowledge it look at it from a different perspective
0: you know whether and i think people are very resilient you know you look If you try and give someone constructive criticism, people get very defensive because they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge that they have a weakness, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say, man, you're looking at, you're looking at your phone a lot. Like I used to do that and I got sucked into it. Like, are, do do you feel that? Or do you think that maybe you should try and um, take like a break? Like if, you know, I I see it. I see it in my immediate family too. I see Mm -hmm. it so much. Like you get these weird things where once in a while you'll see something. You'll be like, wow. Like the other day I saw someone that was in their car. Okay, the light was, I was beside them at a red light. I looked to the right. This lady has like a toucan music blasting. She's taking a selfie video of herself (laughs) for Snapchat, okay? So this is like a, this lady was like 40 or 50. Like this was not a young girl. So she's taking that the light goes green and out of curiosity instead of taking off I just look and I just for there was no one behind me for a split second I look over and I'm like I wonder how long this lady is going to take to realize the light was green and it was like almost 10 seconds it was insane I was like this lady is driving a huge metal ball that can kill people if you don't focus on how you're driving it and doesn't give a shit about what she's actually doing she's too caught up in taking a selfie for social media and this lady was 50 I was like <laughs> I first looked and I'm like for sure this girl is like a teenager or something like that so it's crazy and the other day I saw someone almost walk in front of a car at a light because they were on the phone. It's, it's like, nuts. man, people it, are getting hijacked so hardcore and, it, and that's clearly you. people aren't acknowledging
1: it. That's you being the observer of them, right? So man. when you can step outside and look at other people and you can see it, like just use that as an experiment. It just see you, people in your, your immediate family or friend group or other people that you don't even know next mm. time you're you're walking around and just just note these things yeah. and then what you and then also the big key is seeing it in yourself because exactly. it's all well and good to, to see it in other people but I'll find myself sometimes in you're you'll even be the observer of yourself and you'll be like wow look at me i'm checking my phone uh <laughs> so know. many times i know that's okay. and even when you are observing like geez look at me like this is i'm this a is junkie funny. you're yeah. like i'm a freaking junkie right now so it, like like that's the first step is like okay like see that but then it's like what do you do about it right yeah. or well it, like no, turning my, notifications
0: off and also never reading comments and reading like basically consuming social media on your on based on your decisions instead of being um just drive the bus instead of being in the bus right like i look at social media in the morning i do my three posts once in a while if i put out a post and i'm like okay i'm, in cu- I'm curious to see what people say i'll look at them but i disconnect myself emotionally from what people are saying because social media is a weird medium to interact with someone mm-hmm. in china or not china that's a bad example because they don't have it there um, but <laughs> someone in um you know another country in this world might say some silly comment and i used to get frustrated and aggravated because of it but now i'm just like "Hmm, that person has an interesting opinion whether it's valid or not but i look Mm -hmm. at it and i disconnect myself emotionally otherwise you drive yourself nuts Mm -hmm. your mood like i remember i used to be in clinic and i would read a comment that someone put on a post and it would put me in a shitty mood for the rest of the day and then I realized yeah. that I'm like, oh my God, that per- I just allowed that person to hijack my emotional software because they said something bad about something I posted. So I think turning off notifications so that you're, cause that ding that you get on your phone when you get a notification, that is a source of dopamine. Oh yeah. Like this is a, this is a, this was a crazy revelation for me where every time I got a notification, I would look and I would see whether it was good or bad. And I was like, Ooh, I wonder what this is.
1: Well, it just, it just takes your attention. Like it's just a quick boom. Oh, my attention. And you'll see people is like it physical bodies respond so like even when you're treating somebody in clinic and their phone goes off it's yeah. like or even like like let's say just it takes just one ding and then you'll see even if they don't know they're doing it like their head will turn a little bit it's so <laughs> weird i know it's very turns 10 degrees because they're like oh and then oh. you know oh this person's no longer with me anymore okay so they're probably thinking about that <laughs> but i'm still talking to them yeah. but they're probably not not or, thinking or about you get anymore. the patient that's literally on their phone the entire time when you're treating them and you're like yeah
0: Ooh, this person's deep. This yeah. person's deep in that cave. Yeah, like, I, I don't know it's if i to go there on this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just, some of those, some of those people you just like. But you know. it's just an interesting, it's interesting to observe that because yeah. it shows you something and it just, it, it, put, it helps you put together this the schema of like where different people are at with all this. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's that's what exists. It's data. That's what exists. Yeah. Exactly. I, okay. I like learn from that. I mean, I could probably help this person, but it would take some deep, deep yeah. You help. just try and chip away. With those um, people,
0: it's like, you part of you wants to be like, oh my God, I got to make this person realize how unhealthy this is. But then the other part of you is like just try and chip away at it, try and get them to do something. Like I I love putting those people that are addicted to their phones on the balance beam because you cannot be on the balance beam. And also, you know, and that was one thing that I started doing too. It's like, okay, every time I go on social media, I'm going to only do it when I'm standing on a balance beam. And it made me realize that, well, number one, I got much better at the beam because I, you know, you can tell how much time you spend on social media when you tag along some other physical thing to it um, and you see how much you do it. But at the same time, it's like people think that they can multitask they cannot. Mm-hmm. They assume they're much better at multitasking than they are. It's like you have, you know, one apple's worth of focus. If you think that you can put that apple on a bunch of different tasks, you're wrong. You're taking small slices. You're you're essentially splitting your focus onto multiple different things, but you're not being able to focus fully mm-hmm. um, as you would if you're doing one thing. So exactly. it's like. Yeah, so but
1: even these people if you can engineer it comes back to the environment. If even that 15 minutes that you put somebody through a couple different exercises or balance tasks or whatever mm-hmm. it is, again, that's 15 minutes that they're and that might be a big 15 minutes for people. For sure. Like these days that might be like one might of be the, the only, only 15, 15 minute solid 15 minute periods in their day where they're, where they're actually yeah. not focused on their phone. So it's pretty pretty impactful that way.
0: So let's talk about okay, last three pieces of technology that I want to touch on. Uh, furn- or footwear vehicles and furniture because these are all these are all forms of technology right like mm-hmm. let's start with footwear footwear is a form of clothing technology right mm-hmm. clothing is something we put on top of our bodies to protect us from the elements um, and so you know when you look at footwear and where it's kind of where it started and where it is now we have followed a very strange path and i think it's a nice example of how we take a technology that initially was useful and we abuse it and extrapolate it so far beyond where it should be, that is now turning into a technology that used to benefit us, right? Footwear used to just be a piece of clothing we put on top of our foot to protect our feet from getting damaged, and it has now gotten to a point where footwear is now something that's the chief element responsible for why people's feet are breaking down. Mm-hmm. And when you look at footwear and look at it in a way that it's the only, it's really one of the only pieces of clothing we wear that supports our muscles or restricts our joints from moving
1: that's true. And right. I think it's very that, weird. I think that uh I mean fashion is probably the one of the biggest drivers of that because there's this there's a, like footwear got linked to looking A certain way like Mm. what what you're wearing in terms of the looks or or what what brand it is or so i think like fashion consumerism materialism all of these things have kind of driven footwear to the point where it's like Mm -hmm. now it's about you know what are you wearing versus is it actually good for you or is it doing what you need so well it's funny in the in the old
0: victorian days the only people that wore crazy high-heeled and pointed shoes were the rich people because mm -hmm. all they had to do was step out of their carriage take a couple steps and sit down whereas the peasants could not wear those because they actually had to walk everywhere yeah so and even like you know that that uh quote that i put up once in a while on tfc is like high tech shoes low tech feet it's like the more your to footwear th- the more yeah. technology your footwear gives your foot the less functions your foot has to serve and eventually those functions wither away and become unable to serve those functions
1: well it's just related to what you're talking about at the start it's like the more you rely on these other things um you know like like let's say your arch support for example mm-hmm. it's just like relying on all these like fitbits and stuff it's like well like what what should your your body actually be doing and, and mm-hmm. can we can we figure out how to kind of learn how to use it um like it's in, intended to be used and, and and go from there
0: and it's one of these things where like in 2020 we're gonna Take on the challenge of making a piece of footwear, right? Like where I, I really think that you can take the technology that's out there now in terms of material science, these materials that are super, super thin that you can take a, a freshly sharpened knife and cut it and it won't cut through. Or you can take a nail and try and puncture it, and it won't puncture through. So if you use material science and leverage technology in a good way to get back to the roots of what footwear should be, footwear should protect your foot and that's it. I think we can create the most technologically advanced foot exoskeleton that only protects your foot and does nothing else and if we do this on a scale where we get a bunch we get a ton of people to believe in a concept um and find a team a small team to actually execute this i think we can make something that's insane so Mm. that's i mean that's a project for 2020 and we'll end up putting out more and more info building up to that but i think it's like anything else you can take technology and you can use it for the negative you can put crazy air bubbles and under shoes and and get really, really um, high paid athletes to wear your technology um, and sell it that way. Or you can just create something that you know is good for the foot. And and once you create something like that, then you can start to do the research to prove your concept. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's back to that base of like logical, rational, physiological understanding to guide what you're doing. And if you know that the foot functions best when it has to do its own job, instead of the arch of your foot being supported artificially, and like, it's one of these things where people are like oh i've had flat feet forever like since i was young it's like well you've also been wearing shoes that supports the arch of your foot since you were young so how can you expect your foot to support its own arch when it's never ever had to do that Mm -hmm. and it It starts
1: young like you need to it's crazy i mean the biggest thing is getting people from from day one like using uh you know a more like this style of footwear because it's if if you start out like you say, if somebody's uh, in middle age, you can still make this this transition, mm-hmm. and you can do it very well. But Any it age. just takes more time. And if you do it right from the get go, you're going to have years and years of natural arch and foot building, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of better foot function. So I think that's the the real key is just getting people when they're young and uh, and really ingraining it that way. So yeah. So beware of footwear technology because it's literally making
0: our feet weak stiff and super problematic and no one seems to be looking at footwear as a primary culprit um so
1: well it, it relates to the whole idea of i think it was, we can touch on this to, to finish off but the idea of just like how everything is becoming more comfortable yeah. so like so you, like footwear like how comfortable is it yeah. um like your chair how much padding how much comfort do you have in it yeah. but like it, once we get so obsessed with this idea of comfort then it we, it takes us away from it blurs our idea of what like healthy and and normal is and how we should be functioning and and how we should be adapting to these stresses in our environment naturally mm-hmm. to build resilience and uh, and I think that it just like this obsession with comfort is can go really the wrong way like you could you could sit on your couch. Um, all day with uh, a supported neck pillow uh, and your laptop in front of you and your phone beside you and, and you Uber can, Eats delivering exactly. you food <laughs> you can order Uber Eats they can bring it to your your door you might have to step off your couch but maybe not maybe you maybe you'll be able to get it delivered right into you you could um, wear a diaper so you, you don't have it, to go to the like you think as far as you want people can take it, it as it far, far as you want you could build a toilet into your couch <laughs> so 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 you could you could stay there like that's and i would argue that that's probably pretty like comfortable like some, you could some people are probably doing this you could make lesbian. an Air, air bubbles like you could make um like almost like a hover couch so you're you feels like you're in a, on a cloud <laughs> right so this would be very comfortable right well, quote-unquote comfortable, but what would it be doing for our bodies? And this is the whole point. And your brain. And your brain. And you're not moving.
0: That person's probably going to be super depressed and is going to need more and more social media bumps. It's going to need more and more external dopamine bumps to keep their mental state healthy because there's constantly this lack of physicality pulling their mental state down. And then
1: in the the meantime, their physical structure is going to keep deteriorating from their bone density to their joint health to to everything. Their blood vessels, Um, everything. Their muscle... um, like every, every tissue in their body is going to deteriorate from 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 going for for searching for comfort at the highest level, and this can be extrapolated to many different things yeah so right? furniture
0: like well like you said the couch furniture is a technology it was initially created to give us a break from gravity right if you stand all day if you're standing all day in a factory building stuff, sitting down at the end of the day is a treat is like a is like uh is gravy right, and it's something that you've earned and, and taking a break from gravity is nice problem is is when that becomes your default where instead of standing and moving all day you're now sitting all day you're taking the technology that was initial initially designed for comfort and you're overusing it to the point where now it's making your physical body degrade right mm-hmm. like if you don't move all day how can you expect to be a good mover you're not loading your it body all day happen, right? right you're unloaded a lot you suck at time. fighting gravity if you don't mm-hmm. fight gravity all day <laughs>
1: and that's what it comes down to that like how well are you able to control your body and your joints and your musculoskeletal system? Um, against the the cuz gravity affects everybody so it's like how well are you able at doing doing that and are you doing things that that make you better at that or worse at that and well, so if you're unloaded all the time you're not going to be as you're not going to be training to be better at fighting yeah. gravity if you're never training that and so. it's like
0: every time every second that you move you're essentially doing a software update right Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a never-ending cycle of software updates and if you sit all day you might be running on windows 97 which is not designed to be used all day every day it's old right and so not getting these constant software updates on slightly more optimal ways to move means that a lot of people are walking around with super old software on top of hardware that doesn't even move like it's supposed to and then it's like okay where do we start with this person and i think the biggest thing we have to start with is educating them on the dangers of technology that's almost the biggest thing you start with right this whole protect correct develop um kind of framework that we use it's like okay before i can teach this person how to improve and and correct a lot of these problems with their machine they probably need to be educated on what's damaging their machine in the first place because if that person spends 30 minutes a day working on their hip mobility but doesn't stop sitting eight hours a day that's a hard battle to win.
1: So you got to go back to engineering. you got to help them start the process of Engineer engineering the environment. environment. Exactly. So once they do that, then then you can start to make these. I mean, just by engineering the environment, is it's conducive to other things like actually correcting these dysfunctions. Like I sure. say, because you're doing other things besides the things you're doing. You've got to do different things than what you're doing to get you there. I mean, like think it what all comes down to that. Like As physical
0: therapists, like we said, that's, we're, we're just here to help people architect their environment to facilitate a more physical lifestyle a more you know instead of having to take a bunch of time to offset the restrictions you develop during the day why don't you engineer your environment so that number one it stops further restrictions from developing but two you can actually engineer your environment to help correct these restrictions at the same time as eliminating the root cause of why they develop like it's so there's so much potential to just on the education side of teaching people how to change their environment which dictates what they do with their body during the day exactly so Anyway, hopefully um, that covers a lot of different kind of elements of technology, talking about how it's a double-edged sword can be used for benefit or detriment of your health. So don't remove yourself from it, but try and understand what technology is doing from you. Don't let it hijack you. Make sure that you have a good defense against technology harming your body, both mentally and physically, just by understanding it. So hopefully that gives you guys a little bit of a better understanding with that, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next week.